0: And WLOBRadio.com.
1: We want to hear from you too. Email us, tweet us, Facebook us on News Talk WLOB.
2: Good Saturday morning, and welcome to The Joy of Gardening by Brooks. I'm Tom Estbrook, your host. Uh, another Saturday morning. Looks like some rain, maybe a little poor man's fertilizer up north. In northern Maine, Uh, you know, it's been a long winter and we've talked a lot about it, but now finally the grass is greening. Everything's kind of really starting to come together. I think I'm going to have to mow my lawn. I thought it was by this weekend, but obviously things have kind of slowed up where we've had some rainy, cold, windy weather, but boy, it's nice and green now. I did notice the first signs of crabgrass are starting to show up, so get that crabgrass control down. It's very important that at this point we get that down. We're getting to those temperatures where things are starting to activate. And, you know, it's not time to plant annuals. This week, we have had customer after customer after customer coming in. And they have just been anxious to get all of those geraniums and herbs and all the things in that basically... It's way too early, folks, okay? We've gone from skipping spring to going to summer, okay? And this is kind of a common thing. I even have people asking for tomatoes, so I want everybody to kind of slow down a little bit, okay? We're gonna take a little breather. I know everybody feels under the gun with this late spring, but it's time to plant your trees, your shrubs, your roses, ground covers, perennials, all the stuff that winter's over, it's now time that, to go ahead and think about planting all of those things, okay? So, you know, it's important to me that we understand we still need to protect things if it gets cold. And we've talked about this before on the show, that we do send frost alerts. And you can sign up for our e-newsletter. And we send frost alerts. We'll also put them on our new web, uh, app. So if you sign up for our new uh, mobile app also, It's a great way to keep in touch. If it looks like it's gonna get cold and plants might get damaged, we'll send you a little note saying, hey, cover those, those tender plants. We have all week been putting out a ton of perennials outside. They've been hardened off, they're ready to be put in the ground, but we still need to be cautious. We've got more shipments of trees and shrubs. If you have a question, about anything that's going on in your garden, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're here till 9 o'clock. This is a call-in-question-answer type show. Don't hesitate to call. Again, 775-1310. You know, at this point in the season, it's always that that in-between time frame. You know, people are a lot of coming in, can I plant, can't I plant, but The big question that's been happening this year is, man, I've got a lot of damage on my plants. And we've talked about this time and time, week after week, but I wanted to kind of bring a few things that I've been answering consistently all week. So obviously, roadies and broadleaf evergreens have taken a real hit this year. So your mountain laurels, your mountain andromeda, all your rhododendrons, boxwoods, all kinds of damage kind of showing up out there. So here's what I want people to do. I want everybody to take a deep breath and stop. Okay, everybody's rushing in. They're rushing to rip things out. They're rushing to replace things. Everybody's just all of a sudden engaged and worried because now the signs of all the winter damage are really showing up. We've had enough weather, warm weather this spring, to make all those leaves that got damaged brown up. Now... Yesterday, I had some customers bringing in multitude of different problems, specifically roadies and other things. What I want everyone to do is look at their roadies if they're damaged. Look at the buds around all those brown leaves. You're probably going to find the new growth buds for this year are actually nice and green. They almost look yellow. I want you to scrape the stem with your thumb and see if the, st- the stems are nice and green. If they are, I want you to kind of just relax a little bit, okay? If that's the case, what we're going to do is we're going to fertilize with Hollytone, and we're going to water that in, and we're just going to kind of wait. Today would be a great time to do a lot of your fertilizing. We've got some nice light rain coming. It'd be a great time to really just get some of that stuff down. But on the evergreens, we're seeing a lot of bronzing on pines and other evergreens. Again, a little bit of fertilizer, just wait. We'll do some pruning later on in the season if we need to. But let's give it another month. Let's give it till memorial time before we make some huge decisions. If you've got that one or two plants that you just can't stand looking at them that long, I totally understand if you want to replace them at this point. But maybe take a look at where you might be able to move those and get them to rebound and add to your yard later on down the road. I had some lovely customers come in yesterday that had some arborvitae that were really damaged. They had a whole bunch of wind damage, but they also had uh, uh, some serious deer damage. So that's the other damage that we've been getting all week long. We've been talking to a lot of customers that point blank say, I don't have deer in my yard. And when they show me pictures, or they show me the plant, it's definite deer damage. Now, we've talked about it. There, The deer were extremely hungry this year, and they were traveling all through neighborhoods. And the common thing that folks say, I don't see deer. Well, the deer are there when you're sleeping, okay? So, just because you didn't see the deer doesn't mean that you don't have some deer damage. Now... We want to be cautious about this because a lot of plants will rebound out of deer damage. Now, with both winter damage and the deer damage, here's the key to success. Fertilizer and water are going to be your friend, okay? So, over the next few months, we're going to treat these plants extremely well. They have the root system to explode with growth. So, you know, basically what we want to do is fertilize with the appropriate fertilizer. We want to start watering after after the early spring here. So probably May, June, July, and August. And the hot months are going to be the most important thing, okay? It's going to be really important that we don't let these plants dry out in the summer months, okay? Specifically July and August, okay? Because if they dry out, they will just shut down and not they won't they'll stop growing okay and with all this damage we want them to put on extra growth to feed the root system come fall okay so april may june and july and august we're going to treat these plants at least once a week give them a drink okay extra fertilizer in april may and june okay if you have damage give me a call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255 the next thing we can do for these plants, and it's the other another topic, is mulching, okay? Now, this is the time when many of us mulch for the season, and what I want to say is if you have plants that are struggling or soil that's not as good, let's talk about the different types of mulch and compost you might use, and we've talked about this a lot last year, uh, NutraMulch. It's a mixture of compost and bark mulch, and why should you use that? And what are the positives and negatives of using NutriMulch? So here's the first thing that I find is a real positive. It's adding organic matter. And also, you're adding the compost to help feed, but you're also mulching and enriching the soil. And it's not robbing from the soil like regular bark mulch. Okay? So what happens is you're feeding at the same time that you are mulching. I like it because it's a very fine mulch. It spreads very evenly. You only have to put maybe an inch down instead of two. If you have a dirty garden and you have a lot of weeds, it will help those weeds grow though. So you need to, you know, really be proactive on your weeds. So neutral mulch is great. The one pitfall I find with it is it can raise our pH. So if you have those acid-loving plants like rhododendrons and mountain laurel, you can raise your pH. So fertilizing with holly will help offset that. After two or three years of using NutraMulch, um, I would say we want to switch back over to bark mulch. Okay, very important that at that time we switch back over to regular mulch for a year to give the soil a break, and then we'll go back and we'll gain nutrients. But we have a caller on the line. Uh, This is Ann from Raymond. Ann, how are you today?
3: I'm good. How are you?
2: Good. You have a question today?
3: I do. Um, I have been gardening for many, many years. Yes. Uh, My soil is very sandy, Mm -hmm. and I have attempted to add... um, uh, A lot of stuff, compost, uh, manure, everything I can think of. Um, I have numerous perennials that I've actually lost through the years. It just seems as though I can't grow much of anything. Um, My peonies have not blossomed for years. My irises, I'm lucky if I get two or three that blossom. I'm wondering if those may be buried or um, planted a little too deep. Okay. You know, what do I do to raise them up? Do I have to just dig them up and start over?
2: Um, okay, let's but, start. Let's start with the soil first. Yes. Okay. Um, tell me, it, you know, obviously it's really sandy. So, how often do you water?
3: Um, I try to at least once or twice a week.
2: Okay. And when you're watering, are you hand watering or using a sprinkler?
3: Um, usually, you know, I'll go along with the hose and just kind of, you know, hold it over each plant area for, you know, a minute or so.
2: Okay. And how often do you fertilize?
3: Well, (laughs) um...
2: Not that uh, often by the sounds of it.
3: Not that often.
2: Okay. So here's the tough thing you have. You have sandy soil, and the tough thing with sandy soil is it holds very little nutrients. It's not like your regular you know, loam that you can put fertilizer down or nutrients down, and what will happen is it will just kind of be held in the soil. With sandy soil, you just don't have that nutrient factor in your soil. So I suspect... You may need to fertilize a little more often with an organic fertilizer like plant tone or uh, holly tone uh, you know probably I would say once a month would help tremendously, okay, and you want to look for a fertilizer that's gonna have a lot of micronutrients like the tones and a lot of uh organic compounds in it, like the meals, meaning blood meal, bone meal, all of those types of things will give you the micronutrients that really sandy soil, does, they just don't hold. Right. Now, your iris and your peonies, how long have they been in the ground?
3: Um, probably eight to ten
2: years. Okay, on the iris, probably the likelihood is you need to divide them. Okay, uh-huh. at that time frame, after about five years, the iris, I- I- in the center of the clump, is it is it dying out in the center?
3: Um, not really. No.
2: It looks good and healthy. Is it German yeah. iris, the big bearded flowers, or is yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. So the likelihood is it's very common. When they get to a certain size, if you don't divide them and split up that clump, what will happen is they'll shut down and stop blooming. So okay. I think that's the number one thing you need to do. On the peonies, we've been finding a lot of problems with fungal issues and the buds blighting off. So do you ever see flower buds on? Rarely. Okay. If you're seeing any, then the likelihood is that we might have a fungal issue. But you're also at that time frame where eight years, uh, you probably need to think about dividing the peony. They are a very long-lived plant and typically bloom very well year in and year out. But mm-hmm. I suspect that might be also be the problem.
3: Well, I kind of had done that, um, you know, a couple years ago. I divided them and split them up into smaller little clumps okay. and put them around. It just seems like they only grow even to, you know, maybe a foot high or so.
2: Okay. And I think that's the nutrient factor. It doesn't, they don't have enough water and nutrients to really put on the growth, and they're shutting down because they're drying in, out in between. Yeah. So, pick up your water, pick up your fertilizer, and uh, I think you'll, it'll be a big, big difference.
3: So now, when I put um, like compost and that type of thing all in my garden, mm-hmm. am I just putting it? on the soil
2: around the plant? Yeah, you're top dressing, you mm-hmm. want to be careful about putting too much on for too many years because you are burying the crowns of those plants. Right. You know, so at a certain point, the fertilizer is going to be a better route to go. Um, okay. I would switch over to a product like NutraMulch if you mulch because you're going to be adding compost and fertilizer and yep. mulch at the same time.
3: Yeah, okay.
2: okay. All right. Hmm. Ian, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. If you have another question, give me a call back. Okay, thanks. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
0: You can buy your plants and garden supplies almost anywhere. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine, working together to ensure you, the customer, gets the best quality advice and service. Visit us at mainigc.com to see the closest IGC member near you, then stop by your local member garden center, where we'll help you select the best product for Maine's climate and soil. We work together to satisfy you. Visit us at mainigc.com.
4: If you want a perfect lawn this year, you need to stop weeds before they come up. Bonide makes that happen with Bonide Weed Beater Complete. Bonide Weed Beater Complete is a total lawn weed control product. It prevents weed seeds from germinating and kills weeds that are already there. Tough grassy weeds like crabgrass and nutsedge, as well as broadleaf weeds like clover and creeping Charlie, are no match for Weed Beater Complete. Weed Beater Complete kills over 200 hard-to-kill grassy and broadleaf weeds. It works through the roots and shoots of a weed killing it before it can get started or after the weed has started to grow. Available in a convenient granular formula for easy spreader application. Let's get you to a picture perfect lawn. Stop on your way home and pick up some Bonide Wheat Beater Complete at your local independent garden centers of Maine. Visit maineigc.com or bonide.com.
5: Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more?
4: Casella Organics NutriMulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape.
5: Made in Maine from aged native bark and Earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs.
4: Earthlife NutriMulch is nutrient stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients.
5: Visit CasellaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you.
6: I want a great garden this year, but I don't know where to start. Does this sound like you? With so many great plants available, it can be tough knowing which ones are right for you and your home. The gardening pros at Estabrooks can help. Every time I come, they're always helpful to us. They are really knowledgeable about things because I don't know that much about gardening, so they always tell me what you know would be right in my house and the sun and the setting. To learn more, visit EstabrooksOnline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening.
2: Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook. And a great call there from Ann. Ann, thank you very much. If you have a question, give me a call at 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We were talking about uh, NutraMulch and mulch and kind of wanted to get back into that discussion a little bit. Because just before we took the call, we were talking about NutraMulch and then taking a break periodically from that. Okay, and the reason I'm I'm advocating for that is I don't want soil to get too rich. Now Anne had a perfect scenario where she could probably use Neutramulch or a top dress of compost for a few years before I would take a break. And the reason being is that sandy soil we really need to work things in. The other thing Anne I didn't talk about was another product that you could also add when you're planting new plants or transplanting, and that's soil moist. Okay, now, soil moist is a little granular that typically it's a little different formulation. But if you think about it in this way, the diaper, a diaper is absorbent and it takes care of problems. Okay, soil moist kind of does the same thing. All right. It's a little granular. You put a little bit in the soil, mix it in. And what it does is it's this little water crystal that when it rains or you water, it absorbs moisture okay and then when the plants get dry or the soil gets dry it releases it back now in sandy soil we found this helps one bit of caution though okay we do not want to use more than the recommended rate if more is not better in this case okay and the reason being is it will be an issue okay it will bubble right out of the ground it will raise your plants and push them right out of the ground so just a little bit goes a long way, a container. It works awesome also in containers for annuals. If you have a place where you can't get the hose to or they dry out really quickly because of wind, if you live on the ocean side, it's a great way to add, you know, just that little bit of insurance, okay? So soil moist is another thing and we may consider using when you plant or you divide your plants, okay? So adding that into the soil, Enriching your soil. You may not always want to use a compost based product, also. If you're redividing, you may add more of a loam product, which is going to give us more nutrient holding capacity. And then we'll top dress with compost as we amend year in and year out. So, great way to kind of, you know, give yourself a bunch of nutrients, enrich your soil, and make things a lot better. Now, with bark mulch, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and all of our bulk products, really. We always run into this every single year. Now, the first thing is, you you get up in the morning and you want to go get some mulch or compost or loam or whatnot. You grab the trailer and you head to the nursery. The first thing I want you to do when you think about doing that is to stop and check the tire pressure. okay? Because, obviously, the trailer's been sitting for the whole winter you haven't used it much, you think, "Oh, it'll be fine. Well, we put that yard alone in there, and what happens? The tires go flat. It's happened at least once or twice already this year. We typically ask if you've checked your tire pressure, but if the guys don't, it's important to check that before you get out on the road. Also, if your tire pressure is low and we load it up, and you head out and we don't particularly notice it, we could have a very, very tough problem there. So, with Loam, especially, and supersoil. Now, I hope all of you know what supersoil is. Supersoil is loam and compost mixed. So, we've done the work for you. Regular loam is just your garden, you know, field loam that basically you can use in all types of fashions. You can build gardens with it, you can patch lawns, you can do all kinds of things. So, those are the two products that we recommend when building beds. Okay, but with loam, it's extremely heavy this time of year. Obviously, we've had a lot of spring rains. So the general rule of thumb, if you're coming to pick up bulk products, are compost and bark mulches. You can get two yards in a typical half ton pickup. Okay, if you're coming to do loam or super soil, we probably recommend one yard. If you have a small trailer, it might be half a yard to a yard, but it's extremely heavy. Okay, and we want you to be cautious. A lot of times people will come into the store, they'll order 2 yards, they get down to the pile and we'll say, "Oh boy, we only want to put, you know, half a yard in here." So be aware of what your weight limits are on your trailers and your vehicles. It's important that we make sure the tire pressure in your vehicles also is good when you're adding these big products. The other thing is to talk about delivery Okay, people get kind of stuck on delivery fees for some reason, and I wanted to kind of bring this up because if you have to take multiple trips to the garden center and you're going to try to do it all in one weekend, it may be something you consider having product delivered, especially the loam and the compost and some of that heavier stuff, okay? We deliver all over Southern Maine. It's one of those things that, you know, when customers figure out it's 25 or 35 or $50 to deliver it, it sounds like a lot of money. But when you start thinking of the time and energy to go back and forth, it really is not that much money, okay? So think about that. I just wanted to put that out there. We do have trucks running all over the place at this point, and people are kind of getting crazy, you know, because we're starting to feel like we're behind the eight ball with the gardening season. You know, it's becoming frantic, which is great, but I want everybody to kind of slow down and just be methodical and take their time and do their things. Now, if you're planning on mulching, it's important that you get your delivery a few days before you want it. You know, it's going to be a crazy early spring this year. You know, when it comes to all of a sudden, everybody's going to want everything all at once. And we're seeing that with the topic of discussion that I started with people coming in asking for annuals and looking for things early. We have some of that every year, but this year it seems to be like it's ramping up even quicker. Okay, so think about all of those things, how you can plan out your time. We want you to be effective in what you do. And the other topic around super soil, okay, is raised beds. There's a lot of folks who are talking about building a raised bed, wanting to put a vegetable garden in, you know, getting kind of things going. We talked about it's time to plant peas, some lettuce, some radishes, carrots, all kinds of things. It's time to start putting some of those in the garden. A lot of people are coming in and they're asking for advice on how to build raised beds. So, Here's a few things on raised beds that I think we can kind of, you know, iron out. Number one, the Super Soil is a great product because it's all mixed. It's ready to go. So the first thing we want to talk about is what type of structure you're going to build or are you going to? I have a raised bed at my house and I don't have any type of wood or anything to to hold the soil in. I just made a nice mound. I It kind of tapers off on the sides. I've edged it nicely, but I didn't use any wood or anything like that. The question always is, can I use pressure treated? Should I use hemlock? Should I use rough sawn pine? What should I use? I don't have that question for you. What I really would do is talk to the lumber people, okay? And the reason being is, I can't give you the information on whether you can use a safe pressure treated. Is there such a thing? I don't know, okay? But obviously, the manufacturers will have to have done work if it's available to be used on some sort of vegetable or in edible situations okay now the question always is well if i use pine or i use hemlock will it rot out quick well of course it will okay you're putting moisture against wood all the time and are there specific things you can protect it with maybe or maybe not you'd have to check with your paint supply store i don't know maybe there's some sort of you know thing that is uh you know able to be sealed so check with those professionals but one thing I will say that I know will work is maybe using some sort of product to be a barrier in between. Something like a heavy rubber barrier in between your wood and your soil. Now, I'm not talking about filling the bottom of your bed. I'm talking about just the sides where the wood, wood is located. So that might be a, a, a thing to do. Now, the other thing is how do I figure out the depth and the amount of yards I need for soil to fill my bed? So basically, we're just going to take the length times the width and multiply that out. And then you're going to go to estabrooksonline.com and go to our calculator. And it'll tell you exactly how many yards you need. And that can either be delivered or you can come pick it up. In most instances, it adds up very quickly to a number of yards. A yard is not that big, folks. If you think about it, it's 27 cubic feet. It's three by three by three. So three feet wide, three feet tall, and three feet deep. Okay. And it only goes maybe 100 square feet, 150 square feet if you if you're diligent about it, but it never goes as far as you think it's going to. Okay? So, if you have a question, give me a call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. You know, a lot of things going on out there in the in the garden right now and a few things I walked out to my garden this morning and just took a look around. A lot of my perennials are starting to pop up. They're probably about two to three inches. I'm getting ready to put some my first application of fertilizer down. I do have a rhododendron that got damaged pretty significantly. And actually, it's one that I needed to prune anyways. So I'm going to go in and give it a pruning right now, some extra fertilizer around it. And you know, there's all kinds of new growth coming in around the bottom third of the plant. Uh, I transplanted about three years ago, and it's kind of struggled along. It's, it was a four- to five-foot big rhododendron we had at the garden center, and I, I took it home and, and planted it in some nice super soil, and it did well for, the, you know, the first couple of years. It put on some, some good growth. It has great flower buds on it, but it really took some deer damage this year and also got some windburn. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to do a light pruning on that, and I'm going to give some nice holly tone and get that to reactivate in the bottom third of the plant and really get that, that new growth kind of going. The other thing I'm doing out in my garden is I'm pruning back all my ornamental grasses that I left over the winter. I like to leave my ornamental grasses over the whole winter so that I have some winter interest. So now at this time it's time to cut those back. You know, I'm taking off any of the old growth I had some sedum I left for the seed pods, I'd taking that off and uh I have some perennial hibiscus also that I'm actually going to leave the stems for now. The stems are dead. They don't look great, but I want to make sure I know exactly where that clump is so I don't plant other things around it. So I'm going to leave those for a little bit, um, but I'm going to come in and I'm going to use some mulch and and freshen up the beds here in the next week. My uh, apple trees, I'm getting ready to fertilize those. And so, you know, a whole bunch of things, it's time to start activating. If you have a question, give me a call, 877-393-8255 or 775-1310. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from The Joy of Gardening.
5: At Coast of Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy lobster compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com.
6: Do you want the best looking lawn in your neighborhood? Let Bonide help with their easy to use DuraTurf 4 Phase Lawn Program. Just use all four phases of this program throughout the year as directed and you'll have a healthy weed and insect-free lawn. The four-phase program rids your lawn of over 200 broadleaf and grassy weeds, including crabgrass, nutsedge, and dandelions. And say goodbye to surface insects like fleas and ticks while it slowly feeds your lawn all year long. Bonide offers up to a $35 gift certificate to the store where the Bonide 4-phase lawn program is purchased, but you can also buy the 4 phases individually as you need them. Don't let weeds and insects take over your lawn. Get Bonide DuraTurf 4-phase lawn program for a picture-perfect lawn. Bonide is found at your local independent garden centers of Maine. Visit mainigc.com or visit bonide.com.
0: You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Hollytone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine, a great looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929.
2: Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. So I'm Tom estebrook. We've been talking a lot about mulch composts, you know soils, what we need to be out there doing. If you have a call, give me a question 775-1310 or eight seven seven three nine three eighty two fifty five one other thing that folks are coming in in droves is moles and vole damage. A lot of that, a lot of those tunnels in the the lawn, you know, a lot going on with moles and voles. Obviously, with the heavy snow we've had, they've had free rain to do their thing. A lot of damage. You know, I want to tell folks that we need to back off a little bit, um, because moles and voles can do a lot of damage. They can be fairly easy to move out of your yard. Uh, You know, a lot of the repels, repellents and stuff like that will help. But the one thing about moles and voles is they're not doing as much damage as you think. Okay. Now, is it unsightly? You know, will they damage some plants? Absolutely. If you have a bad infestation, you know, it can obviously be a, a, a big, big problem. OK, so moles and voles, the one thing I want to say is don't start by lining the outside of your property, OK, with some of these repellents and or like a product like Mole Max. A lot of folks will come and they'll buy it and they put it in the exterior of their property and they think that, well, I'm going to keep them out of my yard. Well, if you already have them in your yard, you've just trapped them in. They're going to push towards the house, not away from the house. So, when we're using a product like Molmax, we want to start closest to the house, the garden beds around the house, push them out into the lawn, do another concentric circle a week later, spread it, spread it, spread it out. You know, keep doing concentric circles and you'll push them right out into the wood line. And then the exterior, you know, application around your yard every year will work. But we don't want to create a situation where we've only got one little playground for them to feed in, okay? If you've got five moles in your yard, they can do a lot of damage if you trap them in. And you don't want to push them towards your garden beds. You want to push them away. Now, we also have these sonic, you know, uh, dibbles that you can put in the ground that are run on batteries, and they put an ultrasound into the soil. Those work great. And if you're having a lot of damage in specific garden beds, that might be a great option to treat a very small area and not put down a product. Completely environmentally friendly, you just bury it in the soil, let it go, and it's going to push those moles and bowls out. Okay, so another good way to kind of think about... You know, technology and using it in a way that you can move that around to gardens periodically and move them out, leave it for a week or two, then move it to another garden if you feel like you're having that much of a problem. The other rodent issue that we are starting to see a lot of people come in is mice damage. Okay, we had a lot of mice damage on trees last year. And during the winter, I kept kind of recommending that folks went out and kind of stomped the snow down around their trees to pack that snow because the mice won't travel through that packed snow to get to the tree trunks. Okay, and a lot of people are coming in and it seems like they're having damage when they have shrubs around bases of trees. And, you know, they girdled the tree. And when I say girdle the tree, the mice will eat all the way around the bottom, you know, say two or three inches at the base, and it kills the... Uh, vascular system of the tree to get moisture up to the top. So if your tree is not starting to leaf out fairly soon, you may look in amongst those shrubs you got planted around your bottom of your tree or perennial and look to see if you have some mice damage because it may be showing up at this point. We've had three or four customers in the last week coming in and talking about that and what can they do and it really at a certain point it's too late. If they've eaten more than half of the bark around, the tree's probably going to be in decline over the next year or two. You may leaf out fine this year. Next year, it may start to decline, or it may just decline during the hot summer months. So not a lot you really can do about mice damage other than replacement, unfortunately. So a whole host of problems when it comes to rodents out there you know, that have shown up. Now, I was driving yesterday, and for the first time, I saw... Mr. Woodchuck was out, okay? He's out, he's feeding, he's uh, hungry, or she's hungry. So all those tender plants that you're starting to put out, all those nice little tulips that are going to be coming up and have beautiful flowers here shortly, Mr. Woodchuck's out there. So it's time to think about using some of that All or some other things if you've had problems in the past. Those lovely groundhogs have had a wonderful winter to hibernate, but they had a very long winter, just like all of us, and are extremely hungry. They're very aggressive right now. They've been out on the on the lawn, there, really kind of working their way out into the landscape, uh, being quite aggressive at this point. They're primarily feeding on the lawns and, you know, some of those few first dandelions that are showing up out there, uh, just the mother plants greening up. But they'll be hitting into your landscape very soon. If you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310-877-393-8255. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
1: The signs of spring are all around us birds chirping, grass emerging from a winter slumber, and the smiling faces of homegrown pansies at Estabrooks. Pansies have become a hallmark of spring, thanks to their dazzling array of colors and hardiness that will withstand whatever April weather in Maine will throw at them. Trumpet the arrival of spring by adding lasting color to your garden and window boxes with pansies and other vibrant annuals from Estabrooks. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. If the early bird gets the worm, what does the early gardener get? The answer, a fantastic landscape at a fraction of the price from Estabrooks. All trees, shrubs, and perennials are now 20% off during the spring nursery sale at Estabrooks. Plant now and you'll also enjoy faster rooting, early color and beauty that will last all year, even without flowers. Enjoy 20% off your favorite plants now through May 9th and plant the garden you've always wanted. To learn more, visit EstabrooksOnline.com. Estherbrooks for the joy of gardening. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics NutriMulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. EarthLife NutriMulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CasellaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Whether it's pest management,
6: improving your soil, treating diseases, or simply staying ahead of the weeds, gardening can often feel like a lot of work. Finding great local advice that's timely and helpful doesn't have to be. Sign up for the Estabrooks Garden Newsletter and you'll receive gardening tips, in-depth articles and great deals every week right in your email inbox. It's the perfect way to stay ahead in the garden and save big on your next visit. To learn more and sign up, visit Estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening.
2: Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening my Estabrooks. So I'm Tom Estabrook. And uh, we are a call-in show here, folks. 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Give me a call with any of your gardening questions. You know, uh, Anne had a great question earlier, and we were talking about, you know, sandy soil and, and tough situations to grow plants in. And the other thing that a lot of people are coming in with right now is planting or wanting to plant in amongst really old established trees whether it be evergreens you know under big pines or under big maples or oaks and I wanted to talk a little bit about the conditions in which you're trying to put these nice new plants. So we've got a great wood line garden we're thinking about doing and there's some big oaks and pines and maples and the root system's really tough and we'd like to screen maybe the wood pile for the neighbor and so we're coming up with all the, these ideas. So What I wanted to talk about that condition, which everybody has that in their yard. I don't care where you live. Everybody has a root competition situation in their yard. So anytime you have a big tree and you want to plant underneath it, you have to think about that root system for that tree is out as far as the crown of the tree. So as wide as those branches go, the root system is in there and thick and and really competing for nutrients and everything that you might want to put in there. So the root competition is your number one enemy. Okay, number two is you're gonna go try to dig a hole in there. You're gonna find a lot of root system, and you're gonna put all kinds of new soil and plant that plant in there, and it's gonna do really well for the first year. So our second problem is plant decline over time. Okay, and the reason why plants decline underneath these big trees is they're competing against this little plant with this big plant And it's kind of just sucking all the nutrients in the water away. So with plantings underneath large established trees, we have to be more diligent for years and years and years. Okay. You put that good soil in there. That big old tree says, hey, there's a bunch of fertilizer. There's a bunch of nutrients. There's a bunch of water in here. And their root system starts to creep in on that new plant and compete for all that nice nutrients that you're giving it. Okay, so the key to success in this situation is a couple things. Number one, I don't like to do a lot of raised beds on established trees. Okay, so you can't add a lot of new soil on top of root system big trees because you'll suffocate the big tree. Okay, so we need to find pockets within the root system, and we try to do that by digging some different holes and finding some good areas where there's some good soil. Now, no matter what you do, you're going to put that nice new soil in there. You're going to give it all the nice compost. You're going to give it some holly tone, plant tone, whatever it might be. You're going to water it consistently two to three times a week, all season. And the plant's doing well. It's growing. Everything's going along fine. Okay. So to have success in this situation, what we need to do is be very diligent about water for the long term and fertilizer for the long term okay? And you probably hear a common theme of water and fertilizer on plants, you know, throughout all the shows, okay? But this is a a different situation. Because we have this competition, we have to be the equal in giving those plants that you want to establish underneath these big trees, which the trees are majestic and beautiful, but we like to have things that we can enjoy underneath them. And I hate to see folks come in three, five, seven years after we've talked to them about this and they've forgotten how much extra work they need to do and why plants are declining under these big trees. Okay, I had a nice customer that came in that had planted a hemlock yesterday, um, a few years ago, and They had some wind damage on it, but the plant was kind of getting scraggly. It wasn't really thickening up. They had done some pruning on it. It looked like they had pruned well. They were fertilizing once in a while, but they weren't watering at all. Okay, And it was under a big oak tree. Okay, And this is about an 8 to 10 foot tree. It had been established for 7 or 8 years. Really looked pretty good for the most part, but it's thinning out. And what it all came down to was it really was about water, okay? And that big oak tree was just sucking all the water and nutrients away. So if you're thinking about doing a garden in that type of situation, come in and talk to your experts at your local garden center. Talk to them about root competition. Talk to them about how you can be successful, which perennials would compete well, which would not. You know, uh, a hosta is going to compete much better than, say, you know, a Brunera or, you know, some of the uh, ground covers are going to do better than others. You know, so think about, talk about the root competition problem that you might have. It'd be really important that I think you identify that and really key in on it because if you're successful long-term, we are as garden center owners also. And, you know, with these types of gardens... We see it time and time and time again. Uh, If you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. You know, at this point in the season, everything's starting to pop up. Hopefully, your bulbs have done fairly well. We've had some customers coming in and, and having trouble with some of the bulbs they planted last fall. I'm not sure if you're seeing that. The other thing is we've also started to have folks sending us some nice pictures on our mobile app. Okay, Alan sent us a great one. We put it on our Facebook page of some hellebores that were coming up. If you have pictures that you want to send us of things that you really love in your garden, send them through our Ask Us uh, portion on our mobile app. You can take a picture, download the picture right to the mobile app. It'll send an email right to us, and uh, you know it'll be a great situation. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
5: At Coast of Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy lobster compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com.
6: Do you want the best looking lawn in your neighborhood? Let Boneide help with their easy to use DuraTurf four phase lawn program. Just use all four phases of this program throughout the year as directed and you'll have a healthy weed and insect-free lawn. The four-phase program rids your lawn of over 200 broadleaf and grassy weeds, including crabgrass, nutsedge, and dandelions. And say goodbye to surface insects like fleas and ticks while it slowly feeds your lawn all year long. Bonide offers up to a $35 gift certificate to the store where the Bonide 4-Phase Lawn Program is purchased. But you can also buy the 4-Phases individually as you need them. Don't let weeds and insects take over your lawn. Get Bonide Duraturf 4-Phase Lawn Program for a picture-perfect lawn. Bonite is found at your local independent garden centers of Maine. Visit maineigc.com or visit bonide.com.
0: You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Hollytone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma Organic Lawn Food Products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929.
2: Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks, I'm Tom Estabrook. Another Saturday morning, you know, wrapping up the show here. Um, Been a good show. We've talked about a lot of things that are popping up in the garden center. And I kind of want to leave you with kind of a checklist of things that you should be doing out there. So at this point in the season, you know, obviously I've been talking about what I've been doing in my garden. I'm cutting back all the things that, you know, really I didn't get to or I left last fall, winter. Uh, so the ornamental grasses I'm cutting back, giving a little bit of fertilizer to those. Doing some light pruning on some roadies and, and some other shrubs that I, I think I need to kind of get more in, in tune. I've got a, a physocarpus, a uh, little devil, I'm going to prune back a little bit. It got a little bit overwhelming last year and I didn't prune it in late fall, so I'm going to kind of take that back a little bit. I'm cutting off all those perennials I left for seed pods like sedums and, and a few others. Um, you know, I'm going to start thinking about planting a few perennials, uh, something to add. I did lose a couple plants also that I noticed are not coming up at this point. Um, I, I lost a, a lickness that I tried to put in late fall. It was really late and I just kind of stuck it in. I'm planting a, a dappled willow I brought home. Uh, that I'm going to put in a nice wet spot and try to get that to establish here. So I'm going to get that in. I'm also looking at a few apple trees. Um, I'm going to add to my apple collection. We just got a great shipment of apple trees um, and fruit trees in, and I saw a few uh, yesterday that I'm thinking, you know, I could I could add another three over there, and it would really kind of look picturesque long-term. So thinking about, you know, planting some trees and shrubs and a few perennials at this point, I, I'm bumping up my fertilizer on some of my plants. Uh, I've got my crabgrass Down along the edge of my my uh, driveway where I always have problems, I used a a liquid product from Bonide to do that instead of using a granular all over my lawn. Um, But if you have a bad problem, I have one area that I typically do with a crabgrass control late summer, you know, and it knocked it out really well last year. So I'm going to overseed my lawn in that area. My plow damage, I've cleaned up, and I've basically put down some new soil, and I put a little bit of grass seed, so I've got that underway. And let's face it, you know, uh, there's a whole bunch of things. Spring bulbs, if they're starting to pass by, like your crocus, you can fertilize those with some bulb tone. And last but not least, in the vegetable garden i am got my peas in, I'm working on getting some more seeds in each week, I've worked some of the soil, I've added a little compost to kind of let things kind of settle in, you know, but The big thing is get out there in your garden. Today looks like it's a perfect day. We're going to have some rain coming in. It's overcast. Things are fairly dry out there. So you can get out there, maybe do some mulching, you know, clean up, prune back, you know, do all the things I've been talking about. Get some great fertilizer down before this rain. You know, certainly with the lawn fertilizers, we want to be cautious about that. But obviously... You know, on the garden beds, we can get that plant tone and holly tone down. And, you know, uh, let's just wrap it up here. I hope you get out, enjoy your garden. Have a wonderful, wonderful Saturday morning.